This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, that's been the basis of all these series, and that's in the message. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all. Irrespective of how we got here, And what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. But now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Now, last week I shared about the, you know, it talked about the brick by brick and the stone by stone, and all of us represent as believers, and if you're not a believer that or a Christian, that basically means you have made a decision on purpose to say, God, I need you to be Lord of my life. I want you to come in my life, and I want you to be Lord, you to be center, and I'll do as you've asked me to do. And when we believe that he died on the cross and that he died for our sins, you have now become a born-again believer or Christian, however, whatever you want to say. But when we all come together in the family of God, there's a purpose for the church. First, we've got to realize we are the church. Then we come into a physical uh, building, okay, to assemble and hear the things that God has sent for us to hear. But we are first the church. Then we come together as the family of God. But as we come together, all those bricks and those stones, as we make them up, remember, we're all different sizes, shapes, colors, everything. But it's so amazing when we come together under one roof, God just knits us together because he's the glue that holds us together. See, regardless of our differences or where we've come from, when Jesus is the center, he knits us together. So when we gather, now listen, now this may step on some toes, religious toes, your toes, whatever, but let me tell you, there's a lot that gets said out there, okay, but I'm helping you. Why does God reveal things to us? Because he doesn't want us in ignorance. He doesn't want a door left open for the enemy to be able to sneak in. See, because when we don't know the whole truth, how many of us know just a partial truth and a half truth can hurt you? In some cases, it can destroy you, okay? So for us to say, we probably have all said it ourselves at one time, or we hear people say it, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But you'd be better off if you did. Okay? No more than when somebody, say if a, a person runs away from home or you try to get away from your family, you're still part of that family. No matter how far you run, you're still part of the family. Now, sometimes it's because maybe it was the family's problem. Maybe it was our problem. Sometimes maybe the church was the problem. Maybe we were the problem. But it's still no excuse, see? We're still part of God's family. So you can't use, well, I got hurt in church, so I don't want to go back. Well, you need to find somewhere you can go. Now, hold on. 
It ain't going to be perfect. Remember, as soon as you and I walk in the doors, it became unperfect. So you're not going to find a perfect church, but you're going to find a church that's seeking God, that's chasing God with all of their heart and love God and believe God. But see, if you're seeking God, then it's not about the man. It's not about everybody else in the house. If you're really seeking him, if they act ugly or they don't shake your hand or you don't like the way they dress or smell, it'll be all right because you're supposed to be looking unto God. And if you'll start looking at them the way God looks at them and start seeing them through the eyes of Jesus, guess what? Your critical spirit will be gone away with. See, because we got to start looking the way God looks. Look through the eyes of God in the house of God, and then we won't be so, uh, so easily offended. So we've all heard people say that. You don't have to be a Christian to be in church. No, you don't, but I'm going to tell you something. There's power, there's safety, and there's a divine connection that happens when you're in the house of God. I'm sorry, you can't get it at home. You can't get it sitting and just watching a TV preacher that God ordained you to have a pastor, okay, not 500 miles away from you, okay? Now, you can listen to all, but you've got to have a family that you can physically come in and be part of, okay, and connect with and touch and rub, okay? Now, just let's say this for a married couple. Let me just give you an example. Now, how well long do you think that relationship would last if as a married couple, you know, he says to her, well, I'll see you every now and then. We're still married and we're family, but I want to go here and I want to live there and I want to see this and do that. And every once in a while, I'll pop in and say hello. I'm sorry about uh, unless you're just an idiot woman. Okay, I'd say, well, just don't come back because this ain't going to work. We're supposed to be family. Together, you can't just be wandering off and visiting all over the country and forget about your family. What do you think God says? I set up this thing for a purpose, a divine reason so that you could be blessed and be a blessing. So sometimes it is the church the problem. Maybe your family's been the problem or we've been the problem, but still there's no exception. God designed us to be together as a family. So pray and ask God to help you because, see, this is God's home. We're his home, and then we need to come together in God's house and blend together with one another. Amen? That doesn't mean there's not going to be some bumps in the road. But remember, we win together and we lose together, and then that's what strengthens us through the good and through the bad. So this is God's home. But let's look at why we gather. Well, for starters... Let's look at Hebrews 10.25 in the Amplified. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as in the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all more faithfully as you see the day approaching. He didn't say when you felt like coming to church. He said, do not. Don't do this. Don't forsake the assembling of coming together in the house of God as the family of God because there's some divine things that will happen for you, in you, and ultimately for them out there, for the ones that do not know. So for starters, God told us to come to his house. Don't forsake it nor neglect it. 
Now listen, all the letters of the New Testament were written to the church and the church leaders. So if we take away the church, then much of the New Testament doesn't even have any value. Think about that. Why would he write to the church and the church leaders? Okay, because you're supposed to come together as a family. Just trying to make sense of the Old Testament without the nation called Israel. It won't work. It only works within the context of gathering of the family of God. Gathering means you and me coming in together and hearing from God, serving God, serving one another, and ultimately so that we can go and tell. Go tell. Go tell what God has done for you. Go tell. That's what will compel them to come in. You go tell the goodness of God in your life. The goodness, go tell. And why? Because we were created for this. God created us to be a family and go out and bring more of the family in. See, he needs you and I to do that for him. He put us on this earth and saved you for such a time as this. Now it's our time to go and tell others about him so that God's family can begin to grow. The will and the purpose of God for man is that we walk together in unity and work together in harmony. And it's something greater than just individually. See, it's something greater than what just God's going to do for you or do for me. It's what he's going to do for us, but then in us, but then he takes it through us to go touch others. Just like somebody has touched your life or, you know, you didn't come out saved. Okay, people witness to you and, you know, they talk about the journey. You know, if you went along, many, many seeds are planted in someone's life. Sometimes you plant a seed and all of a sudden, boom, you may lead someone to the Lord. And other times you've planted seed and planted seed, you know, and then sometimes you may never see that person again. And other times you think, oh, my God, I planted so many seeds in that person. They're going to blow up pretty soon if they, something don't happen. Then all of a sudden, though, another person comes along, puts just a little bit of water but at the right time, boy, that thing grows and they lead them to the Lord. But guess what? We all get the reward because everybody. So just don't think sometimes when you lead somebody to the Lord, you go, oh, whoa, look how wonderful I am. Look at what I did. No, that's what God and probably a hundred others did along the way. But we all get to partake in the joy of them coming into the Lord. And some people see you won't even know till you get to heaven that a seed you planted and you watered was part of them coming in to the kingdom of God. See, that's why it takes all of us. It's not just one person. It's everybody. Crossing of lives. That's why it's so important that we do our part, that we're in the house of God, that we're being fed, that we're being used so that we could go out and tell. Tell others. So it is for something greater than just individually. Remember, it's for us, but then it's to go and help others. God gives you answers, so now you can go be the answer for somebody else. God gives you peace so that you can go be the peace for somebody else. God gives you joy so you can go be the joy for somebody else. God heals you so that you can go out and give someone else hope. Yes, God can and will heal you. Spirit, soul, and body. Because remember around here, we believe that it's people for our life. It's not just about me and my four. It's about me getting what God's told me to do and then go give it away. Go tell. So why should I gather? Why should we come into the house of God? Why is it so important? Why does the devil fight church so much? 
Because you're never your best when you're alone. We're our best when we're together as the family of God. And that's what he doesn't want. See, if he can keep you out there just listening to, to preaching on TV or hopping here and there just every now and then, then he keeps you, though, from the divine connection that he has. See, the full source, all the water you need, all the seed you need, all the fertilizer you need. Because, see, if we're not planted in the house of God, you're only getting little pieces little tiny things where when you come in and you get connected under the house of God together with a family, see, then you get all you need, an overflow, so now you can go give it away. After God made man, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Isolation never produces good in our life, and it doesn't produce growth. When you're isolated onto yourself, it's not good. One of the common characteristics of those who commit atrocities or get off and get bitter and mad and angry and stay hurt and broken is because they become loners. They're all by themselves. They never get connected into the family, get connected. See, so they're under that umbrella of protection and hope and peace and joy. Spiritual growth happens best together. And you go, well, sometimes I could do without. Well, guess what? See, as we sharpen one another. See, because growth can't come if you ain't challenged. Growth don't come that if sometimes somebody rubs you the wrong way. Because you know why? God's saying it ain't about them, it's about you. You getting ugly of what they said or you getting jealous of what's happening in their lives is because there's something in you I'm trying to work out. But so, see, if we're all by ourselves... We just think everything's just wonderful. But see, when we're together, we find out, maybe I got some things I need to work on. Maybe I could be a little more thankful. Maybe I could be a little nicer. Maybe I could be a little more grateful. Maybe I could get up in the Me Too line and be happy for them instead of in the begrudging, complaining line. Maybe I could be thankful and happy. Maybe when I feel that my body's sick, I'll just go over and say, well, you know what, let me pray for you. When I feel all unhappy and miserable, let me go over to somebody and say, you know what? I'm, I'm so happy for you. I'm happy, happy that God has given you that car. I'm happy that God gave you that job. And just guess what? Some happy might just get on you. See, we're here to challenge one another. But growth only comes sometimes out of getting out of the uncomfortable zone, rubbing each other the wrong way. Maybe sometimes having to forgive one another or maybe to say, why did I respond that way? Maybe there's something in me. It wasn't really what they said or what they didn't do. Maybe there's something in me. So that's growth, and that's good, and that's stretching. And even though it hurts, but guess what? It's a good thing. Because, see, if you don't grow, you'll become stagnant. You'll just be like that old stagnant pond out there, and it begins to get smelly, and nothing produces, and everything all of a sudden, and it begins to die. So we got to grow. And how do we grow? Coming into God's house and getting together with family because family helps each other grow and stretch and helps us to become better. Amen? So growth can't happen unless we're together, and that's when it happens best. Now let me tell you, though, about what happens when you don't gather and you don't come into God's house. Your absence leaves a gap. It leaves a hole. 
a gaping hole, an empty place, because you're not here to do your part. See, I can't do your part, and you can't do mine. That's why God has called us all together, and we're all important, and there's lots of things that have to be done in the house of God, but we all have to do our part. But if you're not here, there's a gaping hole. And you go, well, you probably don't even notice I haven't been here. God does. And that's the most important thing. God knows when you're not here, and God knows what he's asked you to do, and if you ain't doing it, guess what? Sometimes it just don't even get done because you're not here to do your part. In the family of God, see, some things are getting undone. Lives are not being touched because you're not here. You're not here in the place where God has called you to be. So what are some of the things that happen when we gather in God's house? Well, we worship. We sing. We worship God. But when you worship God on your own, that's fine. We should do that. You need to do it on the, way to, on the way to your job or taking a shower or doing dishes or whatever, praying, the same thing. These are things you do on loan, but alone, but there's something about when we come together. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's something about when we come together and worship God. Jesus said the Father looks for those, which is plural, who will worship him. There's a different anointing that comes when corporately, when we come together and we worship and we pray, there's a different level of worship that we go to when we corporately come together. One of the other things that happens when we gather is we experience God. Jesus said he would be present when we gather. In Matthew 18, 18, it says, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them. You know, God lives in each believer, but when we gather as the family of God, his presence is magnified. It becomes like multiplied. And do you know the joy that it brings the Father when he looks down and sees a group of people coming together, regardless of their age, their race, where they came from, their backgrounds, anything about them. He looks down and says, look at my family. They're loving me together. They're worshiping me together. That's my kids. They're mine. And there's something that gets multiplied, I'm telling you, and strengthened when we come together as a family and corporately. Even when you go to family, if you sometimes when you love your family, but there's something about them, and all of a sudden you see them, or you go to a family function, or maybe you haven't seen them in a long time, and all of a sudden when you all come together, even those you don't get along with, and those that irritate you, and all that, but when you all come together, it just seems that sometimes that just kind of, it's, you know, you can choose to let it bother you, or you can choose to let it make you better. You can still choose to be happy. But there's something different about when you're loving just one or two, but something about when you get in a big gathering. Or like I said, when you haven't seen family for a long time, there's something about all that family comes together. It's like, whoa, man, you feel a strengthening. There's something different when family comes together. You feel a love. You feel a unity. You feel a bonding. Well, how much more in the house of God when we come together, there's a bonding that happens first with our Father, and then with one another. A bond that no devil in hell can break if we don't let him. But see, we get to choose. Do we let the devil lie to us about him or her, or do we choose to believe the best and believe what God says and choose to love together? We're better. 
We love each other through the good and the bad. We win together and we lose together. But if we stay together and let Jesus be that glue, remember how strong we become? See, he can't break that. He can break this real easy. But when we're all together, see, there's a strengthening that can't be broken. So there's a strength that comes when we come together as family in the natural and family in the house of God. There's a strength and, uh, that comes, becomes stronger. And also when we gather, we can encourage one another. Amen. See, there is that strengthening that comes. When one is down, then that's when the other comes along and lifts you up. And then when you're down, somebody else can come along and lift you up. When you're feeling sad and ugly and grumpy, I guarantee you that's as soon somebody's going to come along and they're all, and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to choke you right now because you're all happy. But you know what? If you just go, okay, God, you know, some of their happy and joy will rub off on you. See? When you're feeling sick, all of a sudden somebody can come by and go, man, I'm telling you, I was feeling miserable this last week, but God touched my body. Let me pray for you. See, there's a strength and it comes. And if you're alone, that don't happen. See, sometimes we need one another to encourage one another, lift up each other, be that bond, that bonding of God's love that comes and be Jesus with skin on. Another thing that happens, we come in together, we join our gifts and our talents, abilities together. It's not just an I. This ain't just about me. This is about us. And see, when we all come in together and share all our, and nobody's greater than another, no matter what you do, it's all serving God. And remember, we talked about that in servanthood. And anything we do onto God is important and very special to him. And he takes it very seriously, and so should we. But nothing is small in, the God's, in God's eyes. So when we join together our gifts and our talents and abilities, we come in and we have a giving and a servant's heart, I'm telling you, there is nothing that we can't do. And what is going to happen? More people are going to start coming because they're going to be drawn by that because you're going to carry it out there. That giving servant heart's going to be carried out to your neighbors in your workplace. And they're going to say, well, man, you know, God, you, you just act like you, you know, I ain't never seen you act like this. You act better than you've ever acted. You act like you're happy even though I know things ain't going good for you. We can point to him. It's God. We don't have to get all spiritual. We can just say, look, all I can tell you is just God. God helps me. God helps me in my time of trouble, and he can do the same thing for you. So when we come together and we put our gifts and our talents and our abilities together in giving and in serving, let me tell you, this is a key word. I want you to hear this word. We become a symphony of God's grace and a love for all to see hear and touch and it be made real to them when we come together. See, because when we work together to make a difference for others and not just ourselves, for our community. Now listen, let me just tell you too, in the house of God and in a church of God, no matter the size or whatever, but see, when we come together, we're better. See, even this house here, now over the 10 years we've been here, we've done many things, but I can't touch on everything. But together, I want to just tell you, though, the power, see, in family. 
See, because just alone, I couldn't do some of the things we've done. We've given out turkeys. We've fed hungry people. We have given out food baskets to people in our church and to people outside the church, both at Thanksgiving and Christmas. We've given toys and we've given gifts. We've hooked up, actually, the past several years with Benjamin Russell uh, going over there, and we uh, uh, challenge our people, if you can, that on that Thanksgiving morning to give up an hour of your time or two hours of your time or to give up some food and we go and we feed those that maybe that don't have family or don't have uh, somewhere to go or maybe don't have the ability to make a Thanksgiving dinner. And so the past few years we have felt that's been more productive because that is like 500 plus, plus people get touched by us going over there. But once again, there's a, the, a, a good example of community helping in the community and the family coming together that when all of us, maybe you can't go, but you donated some food. Maybe you couldn't go for a, a, a half a day or help the whole time, but you came for an hour, but your hour made a difference, see? And other lives were touched. And so we've done, and we've helped with the crisis center, donated stuff there. We've gone and donated our time before. But see, together as family, see, we can do more than just you could do. Or just I could do. You know, there was one time I think we gave over 100 turkeys away. Uh, you know, people were lined up out here. So see, different times, though, God has spoken to us about doing different things, too. But uh, I believe this, the, the Thanksgiving thing has really become a good thing because, too, you also want to be productive. And you also want to try to do, what can I do the most to affect my community? And that is one thing that touches, like I said, it was 500-plus people last year that got fed over there but you were part of that whether you gave some food or gave some money or you went you know and you were part of that and so see together as family when we touch our community we can't do this alone we do this together we've done backpacks we've given you know hundreds of backpacks away before to kids and school supplies we sponsor the schools at different times and find out what they need and we go and make sure that their classrooms have all the stuff that they need so together though see we do we can do more. We can be more effect. We can touch more lives. Just to give you an example, because some of you may not know, and if you're new or whatever here, but when Katrina hit the Gulf Coast, Passion Church had some people that were there with boots on the ground. Now, we gave money as a church. Now, you may not have physically went, but we made it able for others to go. But then when they got there, they were able to give them food and water and was able to be a good uh, a supply there. So you helped in that, see? See, together, family. Now, by yourself, you couldn't have took a trip down there and, you know, tried to give some water and feed them maybe. But when you gave your money here towards that, you were part of that. You sowed seed in helping those families. But see, together... We're better. Another thing that you were part of, if you were here at the time when the tornado hit uh, uh, Tuscaloosa, the Passion Church sent crews. There were people from the, our different churches that were able to go help clean up, give supplies. We gave money so that they were able to give the supplies and help with that. So, see, we can't do this alone, but together we can do more. Time doesn't allow me to share all of the stuff that as Passion Church corporately has done around the world and to the nations of the world, but I'll give you just a few little tidbits, okay? We have dug and given fresh water wells. I know to many in Africa are drinking now fresh water because Passion Church has sown seeds over there, okay? We have built orphanages. 
We have built Bible schools, we have planted churches, and we have microfinance for the extremely poor. And I know that's especially over in Africa. They have a lot where people, pastors, farmers can come. They can borrow money. They can go and create their own farm, whether they want you know, pigs or chickens or whatever. Then they become self-sufficient. And as things begin to do good for them, they pay the money back. And then guess what? Now they go help somebody else. But see, now they're not having to rely on others. These pastors now are able to feed themselves and feed their families because they're becoming self-sufficient. So see, you're part of a big thing. But that, once again, why? Because we're family and together. See, none of this could happen individually in the degree that it happens if we weren't together as family because we're better together. We're stronger. Why do you think the enemy fights church so much? Because he knows there's a supernatural thing in family, the God's family, the church family. But there's no limit to what we can do in the future. I'm telling you, I believe that God's got big things as Pastor Ron comes. God's got big, big, big things for Passion Church. He's got, I'm telling you, some things that we're going to do as a church here and as, as our churches come together corporately that are, are beyond anything we could ever think or imagine because we're coming together as family. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.